0: Hello and welcome to Crosstalk with your hosts, Martha Lee and Anna May, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and pointing people to Christ, to provoke you to find your calling in the Lord. Brought to you by Cornerstone Ministries New Life Church. So join us on a journey to reaching the world for Christ, starting in our own backyard. So sit back, we hope you enjoy the podcast, and we pray it encourages and blesses you.
1: Hello, and uh, thank you guys for joining us on our podcast. Uh, We hope it blesses you and encourages you and you grow in his word and spirit. And today we'd like to welcome uh, Jim Williamson. Welcome, Jim.
0: Well, thanks for having
1: me. I'm here with Martha, and we're going to do our interview. So uh, the first question we wanted to ask you is uh, where and when did you get saved, and what brought you to the decision of accepting Jesus as Savior?
0: Well, uh, I'm going back to 2014 is when I actually officially got saved, when I gave my heart to the Lord and and, and asked the Lord to come into my life. But I'll I'll just kind of give you uh, kind of a short backstory on my life a little bit. I, I, I felt like I grew up in a family where we always knew of God, but I didn't know about having a personal relationship with Jesus. So, you know, at home here, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. As I used to go out with the guys, and, and we'd go out on the weekends and watch a football game or something, and, and I drank and things like that. And uh, I remember in the fall of 2013, it was one of those times. It was around the holidays, and we are out uh, celebrating for the holidays and stuff. And I had quite a quite a bit to drink, to be honest. And I remember a, a voice came into my spirit and said to me, "What? What are you doing?" And and I and I thought it was strange. And then I followed up with, you need to stop being in here and you need to go to church. And I, I I remember coming home that night. I told Marianne that my wife, Marianne, and, and, uh, she said, well, that was strange. So we, we, there was no traveler church here in Canada. So we we started going to different country churches and we didn't even know, I wasn't saved then. I didn't even know why I was going. I just know that I'd, I'd been told to go and, and I know now it was the Holy Spirit and, uh, we bounced around from this church to that church, and uh, I, I still don't believe I was saved at that point. We were just kind of testing the waters, and we, we didn't even bring our kids at that point because we didn't know if it was bad or crazy or, or what it was all about. <laughs> so we, we just started going by ourselves, and then fast forward to the spring of fourteen, I get a phone call from some traveling men out in Western Kansas where I was working, and they said, do you want to come over about four hours from here? We're going to have a men's meeting at a hotel. And at first I said no, because it was my oldest girl's birthday that weekend, and this is how I remember the day I got saved. But then the Holy Spirit convicted me and says, you know, maybe you should go over four hours, but you can still be back in time for your uh, for Caroline's birthday. So I, I drove over, and I remember before the meeting, I was very nervous. I never, uh, you know, never discussed my faith with anyone, or, or, or you know, I, I wasn't saved yet, and I had my Bible open for the book of John, the Gospel of John, that was praying to the, the men's meeting, and I... I remember saying these words, I said, Lord, you know, please come into my life, and, and again, the voice came back to me, he says, I've always been in and around your life, it's just never been a part of mine, mm. and I and I opened my eyes, and, and it was like, literally my eyes was opened, and I said, forgive me, Lord, I said, become Lord of my life, lead me where you lead me, but I said, forgive me of my sins, and I want, I want to make you Lord of my life, so I went down into the lobby, to the, to the meeting room, and there were eight or nine men, and and I, I told them what happened, and I, I publicly declared today that I was sitting there that, uh, you know, I wanted to be born again, that I wanted to be a Christian, I wanted to start living for the Lord. So that was in a little town called Medicine Hat, Alberta, and that was on June 21st, uh, 2014. Wow. So that's when uh, I got saved. So I don't know if that was too much information for you, but no, I'm that just was being good. honest. That was good. That
1: was good. That was quite a experience. I, I'm actually yeah. speechless with it. It was wonderful. That was. That was good. So uh, what if you can remember uh, was the first person you witnessed to or brought to the Lord?
0: Well, on that, on that, we were kind of having sporadic little meetings. We didn't really have a clue what we were doing, to be honest. And, and uh, we talked to people about the Lord. I'd send little text messages out. And I'd witness to my cousins and my family. I'd send them an email or a text message. And, Never got much response from that, to be honest. You don't know where the lands, but I nobody really said anything about it. But the first person that I can really remember going to his house, he phoned phone me up. There's a man in the town, and uh, his name was uh, his name was James Gentile. And anyway, I went over to his house. He asked me to come over, and he wanted to get saved. And and you know, I led him to the Lord. Uh, but you never know. That's one that really sticks out. But you never know who responds or who. You know, who, who gets saved through what you're saying, uh, you know, all the time. Uh, you know, sometimes people don't come up and say, I want to get saved. too, But that one sticks out
1: to me. Well, that's what happens when you get saved. It's the first thing you want to do is tell other people, we're just called to plant the seed, and, and it's just some plants, some waters, but it's God that gives the increase. So that's a sign we ask that question because that's a sign of being born again, having the desire to see other people born again. So, going to move along that, here yep. and ask you this, Jim, if, in your own words, how you would explain the movement you had in Canada, uh, you know, that brought about your church and everything, and and uh, uh, the atmosphere, however you want to describe it.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll give a little, again, I'll give a little bit of a kind of a mini history on, on what happened. So, what, I was still, I used to go out to the West for work in the summer, we'd have meetings at hotels and different things, but. In the fall of 2014, after I got saved, I came back to London where we where we lived in the wintertime. And uh, you know, I talked to my brother-in-law Jim and my father-in-law and stuff, and they said, "Well, we have a little office on the camp. Uh, you know, we could have some little meetings in there." So eight or ten men uh, would go in there for a couple meetings, and we would use that for a, a little meeting. And one or of us would get up and say a scripture, and we'd talk about it. But again, we really didn't know what we were doing. And then. The door got opened at the, there was an old Vermont Inn hotel in the town, and, and we rent the room in there for like $100 a week, and we'd get it on a certain night of the week, and we'd go in, and I remember it was funny at the time, like, my Aunt Margaret, my cousin John, my brother-in-law Jim, and some different people, we'd all share a short message, a five-minute message on five different topics. I think we were confusing people more than Lord, <laughs> 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 because we're all talking about something else, but We had no music. We had no worship. Nobody knew how to play a guitar or anything like that. But from that, you know, a a ball got started and we were getting into ministry a little bit. And uh, so, again, I'd go away to the West in the summer and and we'd winter in London. And and my brother-in-law, Jim, started looking. He said, we got to get our own building, a rental building or something. So we started looking around, but he didn't have any success with that. But then one call in, in 16, his father told us said, we found this rental building, which he's been up to animate, which we're in now. We're in the same building. Mm-hmm. And he said that uh, we have an opportunity to uh, lease it for a, you know a five-year lease or three-year lease or five-year lease or something. What do you think about that? And I said, yeah. you know, that's what we're kind of going for. we can have ladies' meetings. We can have uh, you know Sunday school, different things that we can't do in the hotel. And, and by then, some people start to play their worship. We can leave our instruments and things. And so... I said, okay, sounds that And I said, I'll talk to an and she says, well, we're, we're working out here, um, how, how are you going to do that? I said, I'll just fly back once a month, and so we go back in the fall, and she's like, no. she says, that's not going to work, she says, you know, we, we either all go back as a family, we're not going to be flying back and forth and stuff, and she, she says, I need to be fed, and you know, I want to be in church too, we either go back or we don't do it right now, so then I thought, well, you know, this is a big decision because, to be honest, in the west, of uh, work was really good. I didn't have to call a door. I always had a month, months worth of work ahead. I never—it was really good. I had lots of lots of work, so I said, "What's print about it?" And you know, the strange thing how the work works. I never—we put the we go back, and I didn't have a moment to regret about it. I turned the phone off. I turned the entrance service off. I—I I, I just canceled everything, and 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 we came back that fall, and that's when we joined up with Cornerstone. Uh, in our building that we're still in now, so um, and, you know, we, we never regretted it or looked back. And, and to be honest, I don't. I'm not a prosperity preacher, but God blessed me more here in this town with work and, and doing things here than He ever did there. It wasn't that great the first year or two when I was here. It was tough as a but now God blessed me, and I'm content. And we do so much more in the church, and you know, it, it's growing. So I know this is where I'm supposed to be. I'll put it that way.
1: Well, amen cuz he knows you're busy doing his business so he blesses you the other way. You sort of answered yeah. the next couple of questions about uh how did you get into the ministry and and how did you start out with that testimony? So unless there's something else you want to add to that we'll we'll skip on to the next question. Is there anything else you yeah. want to add to that? Jim
0: well, some of the things like in that question five about passing out tracks and stuff. I remember when we were in the country church, we used to go out with the country church, and brother-in-law Jim and, and a few of the men in town, and we would actually go down to the town to the homeless and we'd pass out Bible tracts and mm-hmm. witness to them about the Lord and things like that. We used to go out with, uh, just a little local church. We'd all meet downtown and, and do that. And it was a, it was a good opportunity too, because it got you, you know, talking to different people about the Lord and, you know, uh, just witnessing to people and what that really meant. And, and then, you know, we used to go around even just to camp through we our family and friends and tell them about, you know, about Jesus and what, what he's done in our lives and stuff like that. So, it, uh, you know, it encouraged us to, to, to get up and help people about it. Keep it to us.
1: Well, that's what happens. You're faithful in the little. He makes you ruler over many, you know. And we, we had spoke to Peggy earlier did a podcast with her and that was, she started, she told us on the floor of a nursery. So that's how it works. You know what I mean? And uh, so we're going to ask you this question. Uh, Since he had a bunch of kids and trying to pastor and pay your bills and everything that goes with it, a wife and all these responsibilities. Was it difficult, Jim? Is it difficult for you to be a pastor and raise kids and raise them in the ways of the Lord. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? And if you were going to advise somebody on it, what would you say to them?
0: It is hard because uh, you you know this too, because, you know, when your kids are uh, trying to teach them to come to church on Sunday and bring them out and everybody else is going to the beach or going to do something else, it, it makes it hard because then they're saying, why are we... Sometimes it was only my kids in the church. At times, or maybe them and a couple other ones. And they're like, the whole town's going to somewhere else and to do something else. And you got to explain to them that Sunday is the Lord's day, and this is what we're doing, no matter what everyone else is doing or or that. So sometimes that was hard. And then, as what you just touched on, anime, you know, trying to juggle work and put food on the table and get home to go to prayer night or get home to go to the Bible study or, or prepare a message like personally at home here yet. God hasn't blessed me with more ministers yet, so I'm kind of juggling a few different things, but the Lord always gives me a word and and provides, but sometimes it gets uh, stressful because, you know, you're trying to have time with your family, time for your work, and time for the Lord, and trying to make all that work. So, you know, until we raise up some more men and women to serve, which, you know, people help out in all different aspects in the church, but, you know, we need some more worship leaders and pastors here uh, until that happens. It, it's, at times it does, it's, you know, it's a heavy workload sometimes, you know.
1: Yes, amen. And uh, and people don't understand there's all kinds of service that you can do, uh, not even so much in the stage, in the background, and it lifts a heavy burden. I know we have a tremendous, uh, you've seen it, Jim, support group in our our church, and there's somebody somewhere yep. everywhere doing everything, and it makes it really easy on me and Charlie to concentrate on the ministry part of it. And uh, did you have something, Martha? Yep. Yeah, it was just uh, how, how important was your wife's support in this, Jim? How important was it for you to have your wife's
0: support in the ministry? it's, it's everything. Uh, to be honest, because if you don't have uh, your wife or your husband, uh, you know, from a man's perspective, I'm going to save my wife. But even for you know, for a woman to not have her husband to support them in the ministry and in their faith walk, it, it's hard. Because if you got people pulling in two different directions, where the wife's unsaved or the husband's unsaved, and they're not the support, I can see where that would be difficult. Because I see that in certain people's lives where they're pulling in two different directions. Where mm-hmm. I've always had You know, once I told Marianne that we need to start going to church and and see what this is all about, she was a full support, and ever since then, she's been my biggest supporter. And, you know, it's it's biblical. I I actually made a note about what I scripture I think of often is in Mark uh, chapter 6, you know, uh, that, you know, the Lord sent them out two by two, and and I've come to realize that uh, my helper and and the person the Lord sent me out with is my wife. That's beautiful. And uh, she's my minister partner, and... and, uh, you got a good one, too, Jim. Uh, I, I couldn't do it without her. <laughs> you telling me.
1: <laughs> yeah, she is, and she's spirit-filled. I talked to her, and she knows her word. And Amos 3 and 3 says, How can two walk together unless they agree? And when you got that, Amen. you know, you walk well, together. I just don't think ministry succeeds unless everybody's on board together, the husband and wife. I just, you know.
0: It has to. Yes, well, it has to. I think it makes it very difficult because uh, whoever's the more the one that torments the most, or the one that's the stronger world, and drag the other one, you know. And right. uh, I just think them, it's
1: a yeah. hard yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna ask you this: What's your vision for your church in the future, and all of our people? And uh, it's a kind of a two part. What would you tell anybody wanting to serve God or feeling called to the ministry? And again, I like to say, serve God or call to the ministry, because. You can minister without being on stage. There's so much to do, and churches need the whole body. So, again, your opinion, what do you think your vision for your church and our people in the future is, and what would you tell somebody wanting to get involved in the ministry or in the church?
0: Well, our vision for the church is the same as in your town, is to, to see all our friends and our family saved. Amen. Uh, I mean, that's whole so, I try to tell people that all the time. You know, we're not. We're not in, you know, Charlie preached on when He uses up here the last time. We don't have an agenda. We don't have something where we're trying to con someone or get something out of someone. We just want to see people get saved and have that relationship with the Lord so they can make heaven their home. That's the, that's the vision for the town and the church. And I try to tell people that all the time that that's our motive. We, you know, there's a multitude of other things we could be involved in, but we, we want to serve the Lord because we want to see salvation and people truly get saved. and and the younger generation coming up, I mean, you see the wickedness in the world with all the, it's this crazy town right now, and Amen. these kids are just like uh, little sponges, and the devil wants to feed them with all these horrible things, and we need men and women to stand up and say, that's wrong, and, and, and we're not doing that, we're doing things God's way, so, you know, that that's kind of the future, is, is the kids, and, you know, the advice that anyone uh, wanting to serve the Lord is, is you know... Don't give up, and if you feel like you've got a call it on your life, don't put it off onto someone else, or wait for someone else to do it, or something like that. Get in there, like I said, we we didn't know what we were doing, and I'm sure you guys didn't when you first started. But the Lord equips you, and the Lord provides for you. Uh, you don't have to worry about that. And and God shows, you, you know, we're we're not, no travelers, hardly any travelers I know is very educated. We're all great. I do okay. about it. I think I went to grade five or whatever. So we're not educated in in that sense, book smarts, but when we read in the Bible, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon people and a calling on their life, that's that's what you need for education. I'm all for knowing your Word. You're supposed to know those things, but when you have a calling on your life, we're not to be Jonah and shirked off and run away from it. We're to experience it, and God will bless you through that, and, and, you know, but you can never quit. You know, you have to just persevere and and, and keep going forward, because... One thing I, I'll tell you is, is I was naive. I thought, when I think the Lord, everybody's going to want to come to the church, and everybody's going to want to come to the Lord, and it's going to just be, you know, all... Uh,
1: Flowers you know, and, I don't know, yeah, lollipops. Yeah, yeah and all
0: and like, like that, and, and it really isn't. We actually read the Bible, what tells you this. I didn't know my Bible very well at the time, but, you know, you're going to face persecution. You're going to face that fact. You're going to face opposition, you're gonna face all these things, but the one who thirsts to the end is saved, and you just got to put your head down and keep pushing on you know
1: well Jim you said something right now that was really good it struck a chord to me you said we're not educated but when we read the word the Holy Spirit through the word inspires us and we understand it and get an understanding and the minute you said that I thought about uh The scripture in the Bible, the Bible was written by men as the spirit of the Lord inspired men and moved upon them. God used men to write his word. So how can't he not teach it to our heart? Same difference. If he sent it to man using men to pan it down, he also can teach it to our heart as we read what he wants us to understand. You know, all through the spirit. So I, I thought that was a really good, good point. And
0: uh... we have to realize, if you think about it, I mean, that's a whole other subject. The whole idea of uh, seven-year seminary and ten-year seminary is is almost a, uh, you know, I call it Western, not Western part of this, I mean, Western civilization way of thinking, because there's countries all over the world that's living in absolute poverty. And if they waited until they went to seven or ten years Bible seminary, which there is none, like Rene over in Russia or different places like this, the gospel would be going around. God equips his men in right. the location they're at. And he'll, he'll raise people up. And maybe we're a tribe. We're not educated or whatever, but as long as we know Jesus, he, he, he'll give us the word to say to the people, you know?
1: He said that to them. He said, these men, we could tell they're not educated, but we know that they had been with the Lord when the man at the temple got healed. And... uh so and last but least, Jim, we want to ask you this. Do you have anything on a personal note you'd like to say and share with the people?
0: Well, like I, I said at the opener, uh, I look at my life. You know, Could I go back and change a lot of things? There's things I've been in my past that I'm not proud of. I'm sure everybody has those things. But here's what I do know. Since I got saved to now, it, it, everything has always worked out easy but I have no regrets. I I look back now and I thought, I wish when I was 20 or or, or 15 or or whatever that case may be, but I guess the time was when I was around 40, I guess, or or, or thereabouts, but I I don't regret it. It isn't like, uh, uh, you know, oh, you've had to give up all these different things and and all your wonderful life uh, to serve the Lord, to bless to serve the Lord. The Lord's give me my best life, I'm a better husband, I'm a better father, I'm a better grandfather, I'm a better friend, I'm, all those different things. I'm not a perfect person, but I, am, I have no regrets serving the Lord or working for the Lord. I have regrets from before I knew the Lord, let's put it that way. So, you know, anyone that's figuring, uh, you know, uh, when you become a Christian, uh, life isn't good, that's a lie from the devil, because my best life is, is, is since I've come to know the Lord is the Savior.
1: Amen. So that leads me to what this is all about, a salvation opportunity. So I would ask you this, Jim, if somebody's listening here and they heard your experience and they don't understand when you were sitting in church and you told us that wonderful experience how the Lord touched your heart and you cried out to him and you got saved and you went to your brethren and you confessed that experience. It was a real experience. What would you say to them? How would you tell them if they're home listening to this and they want that experience? Do you want to, you know, just kind of tell them how to accept the Lord or to uh, kind of a, I know there's no formula, but a template for how to say the sinner's prayer to end us on that note? That would be a wonderful note to end us on,
0: you know? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, a lot lot of people say, you know, there's no official sinner's prayer or, or, or that. And, and I would argue to the opposite, that, you know, there's a template like what you're saying in, in the book of Romans, 10 and 9. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt saved. So when I see that word confess, it, it, it's an audible thing. It, it speaks to something. It's saying, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I want you to be Lord over my life. Lord, change my life. It, it, it's a confession. You know, you confess things, uh, you confess things alone, but I mean, confess things is is before people, the Bible says that, uh, you know, if you're ashamed of me before man, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. So there's nothing to be ashamed of to to, to confess Jesus as Lord and and stuff, but anyone sitting at home that, that doesn't know the Lord where you are right now, you know, get on your knees. We all have things that we need to be forgiven of. Ask the Lord mm-hmm. to forgive you. He will forgive you. Ask mm-hmm. the Lord to come into your life and be Lord in your life. Ask the Lord for direction, and, and God will change your life. You know, um, we, we can't. Once the Lord's touched your life, it can't be the same. You, the Bible says we're new creatures. The old has passed away, and the new has come. You know? So uh, 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 just, if anyone's listening to this, when they listen to this, you know, open your Bible to, to Romans chapter read that, and it
1: shows you uh, exactly what it is. Right. Amen, Jim. Well, we sure want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today and the support of this podcast ministry, and we want you to know we love and we appreciate you and Marianne and the work you're doing up there, and uh, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Jim, and your wife Marianne, and uh, it was it was wonderful hearing all your experiences. Uh, I'm going to be praying for some men to rise up to help you up there, too.
0: Thanks, Scott, thanks for having us on. Uh, you know, uh, Anime and Martha, uh, I hope it encourages someone. I hope it shows someone that produce, uh, we're just people, we're just ordinary people, we're just traveling people, and I hope it encourages someone. Encourage me. Me yeah, too. Someone that's in the a, a, you know, same spot as us to, you know, take that next. Instead of just kind of sitting on their hands, you know. That's right.
1: Amen. That's amen. Well, take care, Jim, and God bless.
0: All right, I'll see you soon, and God bless this ministry, and God bless you for you know taking this on. And I, I know God's going uh, you know give you fruit from this too. So, couple of All right, thank you. Well, that's our podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed it and was encouraged. Please follow us on Spotify for new episodes every week. If you download the Spotify app, which is free, it makes it much easier to find us. We'll be posting the link each week on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you and may you grow in his word and spirit. God bless.